Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. Well, did everyone survive the first weekend after the Super Bowl? Were you feeling a little depressed without football? Don't worry, it's normal. Just hang in there. Free agency is right around the corner, and then we have the draft in April, and hopefully this year, We'll have some OTAs so you can get a little bit of a football fix in the late spring or even perhaps early summer. And I know September seems like a long ways away, but just hang in there. It's going to go by a lot quicker than you think. But if you can't wait and you need some football fix this weekend, well, there's 12 college football division two or FCS, whatever they're calling it, Games this weekend. One on Friday, eight more on Saturday, and three on Sunday. College football has you covered all weekend long. And you know who else has you covered? BetOnline.ag. Head there right now for all the point spreads and over-under on these games. And don't forget, there's still NBA, college hoops, and the NHL you can play as well. Whatever you're feeling, you should head to betonline.ag today because it has it all, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. On Thursday, the second big quarterback domino fell. The Philadelphia Eagles shipped Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick in this year's draft, and then a conditional second rounder next year. The move reunites Wentz with Colts head coach Frank Reich, his former offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Now, the Colts were looking for a starting quarterback after Phillip Rivers announced his retirement after the end of last season. So, who's the next quarterback domino to fall? Well, just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? The NFL also informed teams that the 2021 salary cap will be no lower than $180 million, which is a slight increase from last year's previous agreement between the league and the NFL Players Association. Now, the $180 million is not the final cap figure. It's just an adjustment of the cap floor 
established by the two sides. The final number is likely going to be between 180 and 185 million, but most certainly on the lower end of that range. Okay, for more on the Raiders offseason, let me welcome in Josh Dubow, who covers the Raiders for the Associated Press. Josh, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, good to be with you. How long have you been covering the Raiders? Um, this was my 16th season. So uh, got there after uh, 2005 with Norv was the first year. Any interesting stories that you could share with us from your time covering them? I'm sure there's a lot of them. Yeah, there are a few. I think the the top would have to be the uh, the overhead projector press conference. It was uh, the the Lane Kiffin firing was that that day was something. So, did you have any idea what was coming that day when you saw the projector? Um, I saw when I went to put my reporter up there in front in front of Al. I saw that he was holding the letter that he had sent Lane, and. I didn't really notice the projector at that point, but it was like, is he really going to read this whole letter? And by God, he did. Do you think that was a low point for that franchise during his tenure? No, I don't think that. I don't think the fire, I would say, I would probably say the next year, the the bottom out of Jamarcus in 2009. I, they had that stretch like against the Giants. I think they got 38-3. The, the Jets, I was like the Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog on the sideline um like the 38 nothing game at the coliseum and then yeah i think the bottom of jamarcus was because because even at the end of 2008 jamarcus played okay for a couple games and they won the last two and it's like oh maybe maybe this is a turn around a little bit and then you know by 2009 it was clear he was you know he was done and they were starting over basically they were calvin johnson just got elected to the hall of fame and he was the number two pick in that draft what a coulda, shoulda, right? <laughs> so I, I think for the next seven years after, after that, the Raiders were better than the Lions. So even taking Jamarcus over Calvin, they still they still ended up winning more games than the Lions over the next like six or seven years. So it could be worse. Josh, which Raiders quarterback is more likely to be traded? Derek Carr? Oh, Marietta. No, Mar- Marietta, no doubt. I, I, I'd be shocked if they trade Carr. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I think for them to trade Carr, they would need someone to come in and blow him away with an offer, and I don't think anyone's going to do that. And I just don't think there's any way they can – they're not keeping both. Uh, they can't pay Mariota. So the question is whether they can get an offer from Mariota or they just have to end up cutting him. But they're not They're not keeping him on a $10 million – they're not keeping a $10 million backup quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see him being back. So the question is, will, will someone wait him out until they cut him or will someone make an offer and, and hope to get him first? So that's what we'll have to wait and see. What do you think then they could realistically get for Mariota? Um, you know, maybe a mid-round draft. I, I don't think a lot. Um, you know, I think people know they aren't going to keep him. So it's a matter of whether you want him at that salary as opposed to you think he's, you know. And the question is, I, you know, I don't know how much more he'd get on the open market. He might get less. So I don't know if anyone's going to necessarily want him at the $10 million, $11 million salary that he has. Um, you know, if they think they can get him for less, if the Raiders cut him, they might not getting an offer. I can't see them getting a big offer on it, but maybe, you know, maybe a second or third day draft pick. Josh, I'm in Derek Carr's corner. I'm a big fan of his, but I mean, if you pull this fan base, he might be the most controversial, the most lightning rod uh, player that the Raiders have ever had. Why is that? So do you think? I'm not, sure. I'm not certain why I think, uh, you know, I would say he's probably not as good as people like, 
maybe you, yeah, I, I don't totally know what you think of him, but just by what you're saying that you're in his camp, that he's probably not quite as good as, as those people think. And he's definitely not as bad as the people on the other side think. But, you know, he's basically in that middle group of quarterbacks. The last couple of years, he's probably been above average. The couple of years before that, he was probably below average. But, he, you know, he's essentially in that, that middle tier. And I think a lot of quarterbacks like that, you know, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, I think he deals with the same thing where, you know, some people think he's, you know, he's the answer and some people think he's garbage. And, you know, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's totally unusual for, for quarterbacks to be. So, uh, you know, people have different opinions on him. So, um, right. Well, I think he's gotten better uh, every year under Gruden. I mean, we know he had this breakout year in 2016 and then he kind of regressed, but the last two years, I thought he played very well. I mean, to me, he played well enough for this team to be in the playoffs. I mean, he doesn't play defense. And that was the Raiders' Achilles heel last year. And I just – I think he's gotten better and better each year under Gruden. And I know a lot of people, you know, with the quarterback position, you take the good with the bad. But I think he's taken a lot of uh, unfair criticism over the years. I do. Yeah, you know, you know, I think the issue is basically every year he's played, the offense has gotten worse the second half of the year, which I think is a concern. It's been a big concern the last two years for them. You know, I think, again, I think there are a lot of quarterbacks in that range. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the eighth or ninth best quarterback and the 20th best quarterback right now. You know, you, you have your elite quarterbacks, you know, who are, you know, the top of the game, the Rodgers, the Mahomes, you know, the guys like that. And you got your quarterbacks who aren't any good. And then you got a big group in the middle. And I think, I think that's where he is. And I don't he, – he's not, he's not going to be the quarterback that's going to elevate the team to – to make them great. You know, I think if, if things are good around him, I think, I think the team can succeed. I don't know if uh, they can get to the, the level they want to get to in terms of competing for championships and things like that with him. You know, I, I got, I think that remains to be seen. I think was the offense good enough to be a playoff team this year. Yeah. But it was probably, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, their offense was somewhere between depending on what measurement you look at the offense was somewhere between probably 10th and 15th best in the league, which is, you know, making the playoffs, being a wild card and going out and around if the defense is just average. So is that good enough? I guess is the question. Right. What do you think Trent Brown's future is with the Raiders? That's an interesting question. Cause you know, I think uh, obviously the, the injuries and just the lot, you know, in fact, he hasn't been available. It's a big concern, but the way the contract structured, it's not a horrible contract this year. The $14 million is a lot, but it's, you know, for a starting tackle in the league, it's not like totally out of whack. It's so if they think he can play in, you know, close to 16 games, I, you know, I, I think there's a chance they bring him back. I think Gruden likes him. I think, you know, or likes him as a player. And I just don't know whether they have enough trust in him that he'll be available. Um, but if they do, I think, uh, yeah, I can see him bring him back. The 14, 14 million is not a – if he plays, 14 million is not a crazy number for him. Um, obviously, the issue is whether they think he'll play. So. Right. I want to stay with the offense and look at the skill positions. Now, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, he's a free agent. I think he's very likely gone. That would leave them Henry Ruggs III, Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro. So, Josh, to me, they've got to look at free agency and a veteran to bring in to replace Aguilar, don't you think? If they lose Aguilar, I think they need to. I don't, I don't think you can go in with Edwards and, and Ruggs as your, start, as your starting receivers. I don't think they showed enough this year to do that. 
the question then is, you know, if you're going for one of the, you know, there, and there's some good receivers out there um, who might be on the market. You know, I think some of those guys might get franchise tag or resign, but you know, you got guys like Godwin and Allen Robinson and Galladay and, you know, even Juju Smith-Schuster, who probably not quite as good as those guys, but you know, the question is that if you're spending for one of those guys, how much money you have left for the defense at that point? Especially if you're keeping Trent Brown, you know, if you're keeping Trent Brown and and signing one of those guys, you're basically, you know, that's basically most of your money, and you know, maybe you can get one one guy in defense, you know, and then hope hope you fill it with the draft. But I think that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's that's the direction that they should go. So. Well, you mentioned the defense, and Josh, I said all along, I didn't think it was all Paul Gunther's fault when he got fired. I still question how much talent or lack thereof they have on that side of the ball. I mean, do you see any playmakers? No, they don't have, they, they don't have a playmaker on defense. They, they, you, know, I, you know, Max Crosby is a, is a good player. He's not a difference maker. You know, Cleveland Furl's definitely not a, a difference maker. No one in the secondary is. Corey Littleton wasn't. You know, they don't have a guy – who, you know, basically, you know, the other offense has to worry about, you know, and game and game plan around and things like that. They, they just don't have that player. And I don't know how they're going to get that player. You're know, drafting where they're drafting. It's going to be hard to get him there. And I don't know how many of those are available on the open market to get, but um, they need, they need that or they need a different thing or they need to, have no weaknesses on defense and right now they've got a lot of holes on defense and they don't have a guy who makes up for it so that's a big problem it is a big problem and that being said a lot of these guys are coming back next year yeah you know i i i guess that they're, that they're banking on the fact that the you know maybe the secondary will be better with uh another year of experience those guys were young that maybe another year of experience maybe a simpler defense will help, will help those guys in the secondary um they obviously need it, you know, and then somehow they need to figure out a way to get a pass rush because right now they have, you know, since Khalil Mack left, they just haven't had a consistent pass rush. They haven't had a guy, you know, again, Crosby is okay, but you know, he, he can't be your best pass rusher. You need to find some, you know, they, they need to find someone else, whether it's through the draft or through free agency to get to the quarterback. And that's Gus Bradley's, you know, keep it, you know, he's a guy who says, I, I want to build my defense through the pass rush and the defensive line. So if you're going to do that, you need, you need some serious help there. Yeah, they don't have enough playmakers up front to do that. Was Gus Bradley the number one choice all along for defensive coordinator for Gruden? Um, I, th- I think he probably was. You know, um, it, it definitely seems like it. Um, you know, I think it's. I think Gruden wanted somebody he could trust, um, someone who'd done it before, um, someone where he, so you know when when John focused on the offense, he can say, okay, I know the defense is in capable hands. So you know, I think he was looking for someone who'd done it before and expect you know and. Had done it for a long time, so I think Gus was sort of the the guy, at least whether he was at the top of the list or real close to it, you know, at the start of the process. And you know, they got they got it done pretty quickly too. So, Josh, if the Raiders' offense could put up similar numbers in twenty twenty one that they did in twenty twenty, I mean, don't you think a, an average defense? I mean, just an average defense would be enough to get this team to double digit victories. You know, we'll see. You know, they were tenth in scoring and and had the fourth most turnovers in the league. You know, in efficiency, they were about the 14th best offense, which is, I believe, they're the eighth best offense in, in the AFC in efficiency, you know, football outsiders efficiency stuff, which is not good enough to be the playoffs. They were, I think, the sixth best scoring offense in the league in, in the AFC and 17th make the playoffs. You know, their offense was fringe playoff and their defense was awful. So they ended up being three games out of the playoffs. 
if their defense is average and their offense is fringe playoff, they'll be fringe playoff. And, you know, maybe it's good enough, maybe it's not. But I think the offense needs to be, you know, I think if they want to get in the playoffs and be able to compete in the playoffs, the offense needs to be better too. The, de- the defense needs to improve a lot, but the offense needs to, yeah, basically to win in the NFL right now, the, the, probably the best way to win in the NFL consistently right now is having a lead offense and a not awful defense. And right now the Raiders have a, a not elite offense and an awful defense. So both need to get better. Right, they got to improve in the red zone. That that's for sure. That's been an issue since Gruden's come back. Josh, give me a percentage. You think that the Raiders signed JJ Watt? I'd be shocked. So I don't think that's where he wants to go. Uh, he's gonna have, he's gonna have plenty of options um, at places he'd rather be. I, I I'd be surprised. So where I, do you think he ends up? I don't know. I, you know. I think Green Bay would make sense. I think Cleveland would make sense. I think. Uh, the Rams would be interesting. I think Tennessee would make sense. You know, I think there are a lot of places that make sense for him. So um, that are teams that are probably a little ahead of the Raiders in terms of if he wants to win and teams that probably have some money to spend on it and, you know, or places that are more, attract, are more attractive to him, whether it's, you know, playing with his brother in Pittsburgh or going home to Wisconsin or whatever it happens to be. So um, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if, if the Raiders were the team. I've been banging the drum about Richard Sherman. He's a free agent. I think he's an alpha male, which this young team needs. I think he's a generational, uh, in his prime, was a generational type cornerback with Richard Sherman. I'm sure Raider fans have seen that. What do you think of the chances are that uh, Sherman's in silver and black next year? I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I think all things being equal, I think he'd probably like to stay out West. Um, you know, his family's... In, you know, in Seattle and LA, he's got ties to Seattle and LA. So being in Vegas is close. You know, he knows Gus Bradley. You know, I think my guess is he's also going to want to be able to compete for a Super Bowl. So if there's a, a top contender that's interested in him, um, you know, that that would be something I think he'd look at. I think uh, he loves Robert Sala. If the Jets wanted to bring him in to sort of be the alpha male on that rebuilding defense, you know, maybe he considers that. Um, and then it's the question if someone's just going to pay him more than the Raiders are going to be willing to pay. You know, the Raiders don't have a ton of money to spend, and Gus Bradley talked about wanting to build through the defensive line. So if you're going to spend big money on the defensive line, if you're going to have to find a, a receiver to replace Nelson Aguilar and do that, then there's just there might not be enough money left in, for the secondary for him. And whether they want to draft him and sort of move on from – or not move on, but at least sort of delay the Damon Arnett situation you know or, or whether they just want to say you know what let's see what Arnett and Trayvon Mullen can do you know I think that'll be an interesting decision for them so if you're following Gus Bradley's philosophy if you're GM Mike Mayock give me one name that you're going to target in free agency um yeah like Leonard Williams w- w- would make some sense um you know I think they need I think they definitely need an interior pass rusher. Um, I think the draft is probably – you probably can find – it seems like there are more edge rushers available in this draft where they're picking. Um, and I've done a – too deep a dive into the draft, but it seems like Christian Barmore is probably the only uh, defensive tackle, pass rushing defensive tackle you take in the first round. And if he's not there, um, you probably don't have that option. So, if, you know, Leonard Williams could, could fit there and you could – get an edge rusher too in the first round and sort of rebuild that defensive line. Um, you know, I, he'd be an interesting possibility. You know, Sherman would be interesting going with the secondary and doing that. Um, you know, I think they definitely need to find a free safety. Um, and there's some guys who could be on the open market. Like you look at there, whether it's you know, Justin Simmons, Anthony Harris, Mark May, 
you know, there are a few op- there are a few options there that you know I think free safety's got to be a you know that's what spot they just don't really have a starter right now at that spot. So you, know, you would think they have to target that too. So you know we'll see which direction they go. Um, they probably can only afford to get you know a couple you know big time difference makers. So we'll see which positions they prioritize, and it, you know, it might depend on who's interested in coming too. So they might have, you know be, go different directions depending on who, who's out there. So. Josh, free agency last year, the Raiders didn't get much bang for their buck. Nelson Aguilar was probably the most productive free agent. The draft didn't really – they didn't get a lot of productivity out of their rookies. Is this a make-or-break year for GM Mike Mayock? You know, I, I don't get that sense yet. Um, you know, I think – I think Gruden wants someone in that in that role. Um, I think he works well with Mayock at this point. Um, you know, I think a lot of decisions are John's anyway, so um, – you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I think John's still got ultimate say over what happens. So I'd be surprised if, if, if uh, you know, if may, if, if may are out after this year, but obviously you have another disaster, you know, you know, if you get another Malik Collins, Corey Littleton free agent, free agent class um, and don't get production out of your, your rookies, you know, it definitely be a concern, but um, you know, I think, uh, I, I, I would probably bet against that. So. Final question for you. Give me one Raider who you look to make a big improvement in year two with the team, whether it was a free agent from last year or someone in the draft class. Um, maybe Brian Edwards. Um, you know, I'm not sure why, you know, I, in the, the way things are with COVID and things like that, that and me being still based in the Bay Area and not making it out, I didn't get to see him practice. So, but the reports I saw from him at practice, from what people saw at practice, was that they thought he was going to be really good. You know, I think he would be the guy. I think Ruggs, I think Ruggs is, is what what he was. You know, I think he can be, you know, he can be more productive than twenty five catches or whatever it ended up being. But you know, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a ninety eighty catch. You know, he's going to be a number one option guy. I think he's a complimentary piece. Um, you know, but I think Edwards can take a big step and, and, and sort of be that, you know, sort of fill a little bit of what Nelson Aguilar did last year and sort of be that number one receiving option along with Waller, you know, from the wide spot. But, um, I, I, see, I probably see that more than Ruggs taking a huge leap or, or Arnett making a big leap. So I would say Edwards. I agree with you on Ruggs. I don't think he's ever going to be a number one, but I think the Raiders also got to do a better job of getting him more involved in the yeah. offense slants and jet sweeps and things like that hey josh thanks so much for joining me man this was great stuff appreciate you sharing your raider knowledge with me yeah no problem good talking to you so just a reminder raider nation you can read josh at the associated press and you can also follow him on twitter at josh dubow ap i want to take a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor ebay whether rare dead stock Or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators Verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. 
Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffee corner. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.